0: Friday nights on your drive home, tune into the prep sports post game. We got scores and interviews all the way till midnight on the Blitz 1170. All right, two hundred three here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Hope that everyone is had a good Wednesday so far. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Matt Hubbard. I want to remind everyone we will be out at Sutures seventy first in Yale this Friday from one to six with our friends from Miller Light. Stop by, not only enjoy a nice twenty ounce Miller Light for three fifty available while we are there between one and six, but also a chance for you to sign up. And win tickets to see the cowboys the dallas cowboys as they host the giants fridays on the road with the blitz 1170 this friday sutures 71st in yale with miller lights all right a game that you will hear right here on your home for the oklahoma state cowboys saturday tailgate show starts at twelve thirty. It's Oklahoma State going on the road up to Manhattan to take on the Wildcats. Let's check in right now with Derek Young, who covers uh, KStateOnline.com. That's part of the uh, On3 network. Uh, Derek, thank you so much for joining us today, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm Doing well, man. Doing uh, really well today. Um, Man, where do we even start? First of all, uh, are they going to have enough players to play coming up on Saturday? I know that was a, that was a rough wood coming out of TCU, right? With the, with the uh, players that are banged up, but I guess we should just start with, with Adrian Martinez. It's uh, still kind of up in the air right now, just in general about this, but what's the latest on Adrian's condition as we get set just a few days from now to play Oklahoma state. Yeah, it's a
1: unit mass universe mass unit, right? Oklahoma no state pretty banged up. Kansas state pretty banged up. And, uh, I think the TCU game is what took a toll for both clubs, really. Uh, TCU's had the best entry logic of anyone this year. With Adrian Martinez, at best, he's questionable. I have I have sincere doubts that he'll play, even though Mike Gundy seems to think he's got the answers, you know, when he said he, he expects Adrian Martinez to play. I'm not as confident, but if he can't go, uh, they at least believe that Will Howard will be available and able to play if he has to at quarterback to the Wildcats. And let's not forget, Oklahoma State is no stranger to Will Howard. And in a weird turn of events, if he was to start this week for Kansas State, he's never been a full-time starter for K-State. It would be the third year in a row that he started versus Oklahoma (laughs) State.
0: Yeah, that is a little odd one. That's a little odd note that would go uh, right there in the media guide next to his name for sure against Oklahoma State. Uh, Speaking of Will Howard... Well, I I know that you had uh, a note here about the appreciation for Will Howard, whether it's the you know great name for a for a band, by the way, the uh, Will Howard uh, Redemption Project or something like that. Um, I thought yeah. that he performed at a at a nice level on Saturday. You kind of wrote that as well. Uh, it seems that everyone was incredibly happy for him. And, uh, it, you know, it wasn't always great, right, with some of his past experiences here. But um, how did you feel overall about the way that Will Howard stepped in after Martinez went out?
1: Yeah, the Will Howard experience for Kansas State the past few years has been quite an adventure. Some of it, not his fault, right? Yeah. The first year he plays Oklahoma State in 2020 that's the COVID year where everything is pretty lopsided and turned on its head. And he's a true freshman that year. It's probably pretty unfair to ask of him to kind of be your permanent quarterback for the majority of the year. And that's what happened to him. And that's without an off season because of, you know, what COVID-19 gave us that year. And he went and, you know, had to be a starting quarterback as a true freshman. And he wasn't someone that was expected to play right away. And in fact, if we can remember If not for his fumble, so it's kind of his fault. Against Oklahoma State in 2020, they may have won that game. They were they were going in for the win, to score at the end of the game. So, uh, no, he's been through it. He's been through a lot of adversity. He's probably been the most criticized player in Kansas State circles, the last few years. And you know he scored on the you know led scoring drives on his first four consecutive drives against TCU in Fort Worth. So it was great to see. And maybe it's just a product of him being older, right, more mature, more experienced and kind of the game slowing down for him. Um, It is year three for him, so you have to wonder, is this the Will Howard that we're going to get for the foreseeable future or was it a one-off kind of a fluke kind of deal? We'll find out more this weekend. I think this weekend will tell us a lot about Will Howard. You have to take into account that TCU is probably the one staff in the Big 12 where they didn't prepare for Will Howard, right? They, they prepared yeah. for Adrian Martinez, and they're new. So they probably didn't know Will Howard as much as the rest of the league. Now he plays Oklahoma State, and like I said, this will be perhaps his third start against the Cowboys. They know him better than anyone, but at the, you know, on the flip side, he knows Oklahoma State better than anyone.
0: So what changes in terms of offense for Kansas State, the, the different dynamics between Will Howard and, and Adrian Martinez?
1: Well, obviously, you have less, a less explosive runner, right? Adrian Martinez mm-hmm. kind of changes the fact that he can be a big play waiting to happen on the ground. Bill Howard, you're still going to get the QB run game probably to an extent, but maybe not the big play pop ability that Martinez can provide. I mean, everyone saw what Adrian did against Oklahoma. I'm not sure Howard can do that. He does. If he, It's more of a surprise, right? Yes. It's a surprise attack when it comes from Will Howard. He's not the same burst. He doesn't have the same explosiveness or Martinez, you know, boom. But I'm not sure the passing game has looked as good this season as it did with Will Howard. So that's interesting. I don't know if that's going to carry over until into this week, but I thought Will Howard had a better passing game, in, you know, especially those first four drives, than what we've seen this year from Adrian
0: Martinez. It'll be interesting if that does carry over. You know, this the overall conversation about quarterbacks in general, and I think with where we're at now and kind of the landscape of college football with the portal and everything else that's changed the game, I mean, to me, the backup quarterback position is is going to be a position that changes a lot and already has. I guess, does Kansas State look at this, and, and I know you wrote about this, about Coach Kleiman not having to necessarily go to him and you know continually ask him questions about, are you jumping in the portal? Uh, the Jayhawks just went through this, right, with Bean as well. Um, you kind of feel fortunate, right, that you have a guy that has as much – uh, experience uh, even if it's not a, a significant number of starts but to have a guy like Howard that's that's kind of your backup right now you got to feel like that's a pretty good spot to be in a in a weird scenario when your starter goes down
1: yeah unless you want to take TCU who technically their backup was Max Duggan that had a yes. number of starts yep if, if, if you remove that from the equation Kansas State probably has the most experienced backup in the entire conference so that's a luxury for them, of course. And here's the thing. it's Football's changing a little bit. Where I don't know if it's a more physical game than it used to be, but everyone at some point or another, unless you're, I guess, West Virginia this year, Iowa State, uh, your quarterback's banged up. Your starting quarterback's banged up. You don't see many starting quarterbacks make it through an entire 12-game slate unscathed, right? I don't know if that's, You know, remarkably different from any other year that we've covered. But just look at it. Aside from J.C. Daniels at West Virginia, who's injury-prone in his own right, and Hunter Deckers at Iowa State, everyone's dealing with some quarterback health issues. Spencer Sanders is not 100%, even though he hasn't really left the game for a considerable amount of time. Same way with Blake Shapen at Baylor. Pretty banged up, always the game-time decision this year, it seems like, even if he hasn't played a number of times. But Texas Tech's down to their third quarterback. Oklahoma's played three or four different quarterbacks. Um, Texas, they played three quarterbacks. Remember, Quinn Ewers missed multiple games. KU's got the backup. Now Jalen Daniels is hurt. And now Kansas State had to play their third-string quarterback for, for a couple of possessions against TCU as well. So um, you're lucky if you have a backup quarterback with the experience that Kansas State does, even if it wasn't, you know, exceptional play at times because it is hard to keep a, everybody happy in the quarterback room because everyone's looking to play. So the teams that do have a backup quarterback, that's probably a rare
0: occurrence. Well, and even for the backup quarterback position, you wrote this as well, was uh, I thought Chris Kleinman was pretty open and honest sometimes about specific situations in the game where he felt like that maybe a tad bit conservative at times on this, and maybe they go conservative a little bit too early on that. I mean, clearly the quarterback position plays a significant role in that, but I was kind of surprised by that in the, in the landscape of coaches don't really tell you anything anymore, that he was at least willing and honest to be open about that moment.
1: Yeah, I think two drives probably come to mind immediately. One was uh, when it got to a fourth down right after the third down play that injured Will Howard, he probably would have went for it there. But do you bring in a third-string quarterback in that situation that's never played one meaningful snap of college football yet, which is Jake Rugley for Kansas State? They decided you know, that's probably pretty unfair to him and maybe not optimal for Kansas State, so they go ahead and kick a field goal with a kicker that's been struggling. We could probably talk about that later but they're, they're opening the kicking battle up a little bit because of how much Chris Tennant has struggled. Um, he kicks that field goal, he misses it. Another play is when you're up 28-10 to 10, um, because you just scored four consecutive drives, and then you turn over TCU on so you have the ball in midfield because of that, and you go three and out, and you punt, and you ran it on third and 10 with, with your quarterback on a quarterback draw, and it got you nothing. Is that conservative? Probably is. Or the way I look at it, too, is you know, at one point, did Chris Kleiman just, you know, talked to Colin Klein, the office coordinator on the headset, say you have, you have two plays to get these 10 yards. So, like, man, quarterback draw, four, six yards, maybe pick that up and it's fourth and manageable. Instead, it's a no gainer and you have to punt. So it, it, you can look at it a multitude of ways, but they probably wish they would have maybe, you know, tried to attack with the passing game a little bit more in that situation in hindsight.
0: Boy, that game against TCU, I mean, the final. <laughs> It's Like that that run when Miller got out the gate for what almost fifty, and then next thing you know TCU gets back within nine. I mean that's a completely different scenario at that point if if Kansas State's able to to tackle on another one there before halftime, and we've seen this now a couple of games in a row where TCU has to dig themselves out of big holes. Man, that was kind of the the difference to me in the entire game is that moment when they got within nine.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that, and you no, know, I. You know, they did the same thing against Oklahoma State, right? So both of these teams are kind of on the heels of that, losing that kind of lead against TCU on the road. And um, maybe an interesting point in the schedule for both of these teams when you look back on it at the end of the year, I imagine. Because, look, Oklahoma State last week um, played Texas at home. It was homecoming. It was a 230 kick. Uh, They had a beat-up team. You know, the quarterback was – Spencer Senior's kind of a game time decision and coming on the heels of losing a seventeen point lead to TCU on the road. Right? Guess what? That's exactly where Kansas State's at right now. They, they just give up an eighteen point lead to TCU on the road. Quarterback status is in doubt. Pretty banged up football team. It's homecoming in Manhattan and it's a two thirty kick. Um, it's weird how things shake out, but the same situation where Oklahoma State beat Texas at home is exactly what the situation that Kansas State is in this week on Saturday when they host Oklahoma State.
0: Where's Kansas State at defensively right now? I know TCU is going to do that to a lot of people, uh, but just overall, uh, what what are we looking at here defensively from the Wildcats?
1: That's an interesting question. Going into the TCU game, just about every defensive metric you wanted to look at, Kansas State was number one or number two in the Big 12 along with Iowa State. I I don't think that there was a big gap after those two, in fact. It was Kansas State and Oklahoma State, or Kansas State and Iowa State dominating most of the defensive metrics. Um, But if you actually look at that game against TCU, Kansas State's defense did very well. They held TCU to their lowest yards per play on the season, their lowest rushing yards per carry on the season, and the fewest amount of explosive plays that TCU has had on the season. So TCU's defense offense was stopped by Kansas State more than any other game this year. The problem for the Wildcats, couldn't get off the field on third down. Yeah, TCU was... Almost 70% on third down, and that was the difference in the game. So, if you look at the metrics, um, Kansas State's still top one or top two in the Big 12 in most categories, along with Iowa State. Iowa State defense, everyone knows pretty good as well, but Kansas State also, um, something that's really helped them this year. And um, aside from the one big pass play to Quentin Johnston and Julius Brent basically had his hamstring pop. Um, and allowed Johnston to run, you know, with nobody, and had a wide open touchdown. Aside from that, the past defense for Kansas State's been exceptional. I'm pretty sure it's still number one and pass defense efficiency in the Big Twelve.
0: Also, doesn't help when your offense putting up 300 in the first half and then only is able to muster 87 in the second half. You're putting a lot of pressure on your defense, especially with a as good offensively as what TCU is. It's just not complimentary football yeah. at that point.
1: Yep, that's exactly right, and. The one, the matchup that you have to, you know, probably wince at a little bit if you're a Kansas State fan, coach, even player, that is definitely on the side of the Cowboys. Kansas State, I believe now after last week, is the worst third down offense in the Big 12, I want to say. Oklahoma State is the number one third down defense.
0: Should make it uh, for an interesting matchup and in, uh, Saturday for sure. I would just like some of your um, opinions from a distance. And I know I know Chris Kleiman talked about Oklahoma State yesterday, but uh, what are some of your feelings when you watch the Pokes?
1: Uh, Spencer Sanders, you know, I've always kind of been down on him. To be honest, I just I thought it was a player that probably wasn't maybe underachieving in a way. And he is what he is, and you know, early in his career, he's very turnover prone as well. But I think he's playing as old as he is now, which means he's playing smart football, taking care of the ball, and is very savvy about picking up the additional yardage when it is there, but also knowing when to risk it and when to not risk it. And that's what's really helped out Oklahoma State, especially with the receiver injuries that they have had. And defensively, they're probably not as good as they were under Jim Knowles. I think that defense was probably the scariest in the league at that when he was in charge. But Derek Mason still is a pretty good unit. Um, It just seems like they're pretty banged up on that side of the ball, right? I I don't know if Taylor is going to play after his injury on the interception that he had last week. And I think Brock Martin's a heck of a player. And obviously Evers opted out. So losing those three, if they were all three gone uh, for next week, you would think, or for this weekend, would kind of hurt a little bit. But, um, you know, we don't know what Kansas State's going to have either. So I think Oklahoma State is a team that just knows how to play. Um, kind of that winning championship DNA still within that program. They're not going to beat themselves. You have to go beat them.
0: Oh, I did. Speaking of injury, for I didn't even ask about Daniel Green. I know more than likely what concussion uh, on that. Is there any? And not, climate does. Climate's like everyone doesn't really go into detail on that. But uh, gut feeling right now, you think he's going to be out?
1: Gut feeling is Daniel Green's probably going to miss multiple weeks. If okay. I had to guess. All um, right. That abdomen during the game on the sideline of the TCU, I mean, he was pretty wrapped up. That looks like a rib injury, if I had to guess, and those probably need more than a week to recover, you'd think. But he's a he's a tough man, um, but I'd be surprised. He, he's the one where I think he, his status is the most in doubt, which is a problem for Kansas State because I think he's probably the toughest player for them to replace on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Derek, this has been great, man. Thank you so much uh, for taking a few moments to come on with us. We really appreciate it uh, here in uh, Tulsa. Should be uh, should be an interesting one for sure that you can catch right here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, keep up the great work, man. Uh, really enjoy reading your stuff, and we'll definitely uh, check in again with you sometime soon. Absolutely, anytime. That's Derek Young, who covers the Kansas State Wildcats. You can follow him, Derek Young. That's D-E-R-E-K Young, K-S-O, um, writing for on Three. Part of uh, KStateOnline.com. All right, it's two twenty here on the Blitz. We'll take a timeout. But that's like the game of the walking wounded coming up on Saturday, it seems. Hey, that team without Daniel Green, <sighs> completely different look, buddy. Completely different look. Uh, I heard one update earlier today on the station that said Kansas State could be without as many as four to five starters. Coming up uh, this week against Oklahoma State. It's not like Oklahoma State's a picture of health, but mm, every little bit helps, especially when you have to go on the road at a place like Manhattan. Weird note, by the way, on Will Howard. Yeah. Not the starter, but this would be potentially the third time that he's started against Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah. A little, that's what you call a media guide note, Matt. I'm sure that will be echoed across the uh, Kansas State Radio Network here over the upcoming week. All right, we'll take a time out. Eric Bailey will join us here in a bit. Are you air dropping me something? Yes, I am. This isn't a nude photo of you like we're on an airplane, is it? No. Okay, I'm just making sure. Just making sure. Yeah, I saw that Zeke was banged up.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize it was that serious. So. We,
0: yeah. Clarence Hill Jr. from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, who's been in DFW for a while, says that Zeke is likely sidelined with a torn MCL, uh, also a thigh bruise. I, I. This is a conversation that we've had about their running back position, though, in the past. Pollard is, in my opinion, the much better option in general. Pollard Pollard owners are screaming from the mountaintops right now. Yeah, But then again, you've got a wild card as a play caller as well. All right, timeout here on the Blitz 1170. Our games and schedules this week, I told you, Oklahoma State and Kansas State 1230 with the tailgate show right here on the Blitz. We will join Kentucky and Tennessee in progress as soon as the Oklahoma State broadcast wraps up. Then Sunday... It's the 49ers and the Rams at 2.45 to close out the month of October. Broken Arrow and Jinx, Friday night, 7 o'clock pregame, right here in your home for the Trojans, the Blitz 1170.